In this episode of the Smart Community Podcast, I had a great conversation with Matt Schultz, City Digital Officer at Ipswich City Council in Queensland, and also the National President of the Australia Smart Community Association, ASCA. Matt and I cover his wide and varied career in technology and local government, and why Matt is so passionate about helping people. We also discuss how important and complex the role of local government actually is, and why smart communities are so important. Matt tells us how he sees Australia embracing smart concepts, as well as the many interesting projects Ipswich City Council is working on at the moment. Matt then explains how ASCA came to be from its beginnings in 2009 as the Broadband Today Alliance and how it has developed into what it is today, helping with connecting and integrating across different disciplines and industries in Australia. We finish our chat discussing the emerging trends of 5G, artificial intelligence, machine learning, Internet of Things and blockchain, and the opportunities that lie in the fusion of all of these technologies going forward. This episode is brought to you by the Australian Smart Communities Association. So as always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Welcome to the Smart Community, Smart Regions, Smart Towns and Smart Cities. It's where we live, work and play with Smart Communities. The future starts today. Big data, smart mobility, emerging trends galore. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Matt. How are you today? Really good. Thanks, Zoe. Really good. Thanks for inviting me along to the podcast. No worries. You've been on my list for a long time and I'm glad that you're now going to be part of ASCA August, which is very exciting. Absolutely. No, it sounds great. And, you know, again, thanks for doing this for ASCA and and obviously, um, you know, involving a, a few of the board members and you know, us providing hopefully some useful input to, uh, you know, your podcast series, which would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump straight in. And can you tell us about your background and what you're passionate about? Yeah, certainly, Zoe. So I'm obviously been working for for quite a number of years uh, in my third decade of professional uh, life uh, now, um, predominantly in government or local government with a few years in the private sector. I've had an interesting journey starting out as a civil engineering uh, cadet engineer working through into the GIS or geospatial industry, then into uh, information technology, then into telecommunications and broadband uh, sort of uh, deployments, then moving into digital economic development, which led into smart cities and which has now led into Internet of Things and more general digital and data transformation type of initiatives and strategies for governments and and other organisations. So I've had a pretty wide and varied career, which has been a really useful benefit for me to try and, I suppose, understand, you know, the concepts of the smart city or smart community development area, which is what I've been focusing on for the last 10 years. But yeah, predominantly, uh, Ipswich City Council is is where I've worked for a, a pretty much the longest part of my career more recently as the city digital officer uh, since 2015. And then, of course, I've, I've been involved in co-founding ASCA, uh, the Australian Smart Communities Association. I'm the current national president and I have uh, get involved in a, in a range of other interesting uh, things, in, in, including standards development and, 
and different things with Standards Australia and a few other bits and pieces as well. So busy life, but um, very, very happy and glad to have uh, reached the, the point that I've reached and, um, you know, still very much, you know, more to do and, and more things to roll out. Mm, absolutely. So tell us what you're really passionate about. Look, really for me, it's about, to be honest, it's really just about helping people. I mean, that's that's really why I've pretty much stayed and working in government for as long as I have. But even in the stints I've had in, in private sector, which was mainly around consulting, it, it pretty much is about helping your clients, your customers, your people, your citizens, uh, you, you know, your, your businesses that might be located within your city or region. And I suppose it's really just, you know, I, I found it really enjoyable to be part of a uh, an area where you've had a long history. So I was born in Ipswich, haven't lived in Ipswich my whole life, but um, have sort of always um, sort of lived in the sort of outer region. And for me, it's really just that. It's about helping people and you know, obtaining pride from doing those things that I've done. Awesome. So what sparked your interest in the smart communities thing? So look, I've been, you know, I suppose I've been involved in how can we enable technology-based change and, and opportunities, I suppose, in, in a whole range of different areas. And pretty much that's where I've largely spent my whole career working in elements of, uh, you know, so look, I know the world has changed and will continue to change. The, the changes that we have are accelerating with the introduction of um, new technologies, uh, those technologies and, and the connectivity that powers that is becoming more pervasive, more ubiquitous. The services that people are obtaining are becoming more easier to understand and connect with. People have access to much more information than they've had in the past. And, and that is really changing, I suppose, the way that governments need to work, the way that private sector needs to operate as well. So for, for me, the, the whole concept of the promise or the opportunity of, of smart communities is really that people facing experiences and how can we create a better place to live and work? Not so much necessarily fully technology infused, but definitely the experiences and the services and the products that we uh, consume or have available to us uh, are fit for purpose and are able to provide what people need at basically a, a you know simple and easy to understand interface. I think we've started on this next question as well, but what is a smart community to you? Yeah, I think I just touched on that, Zoe. But, but for me, it is definitely, you know, it's not necessarily about technology. It's, it's definitely not technology for technology's sake. But I think it is important to understand that there needs to be a foundational aspect of connectivity of, you know, the, the way that the technology can work to underpin some of these new advances and, and easier to, to consume services and opportunities for, you know, creating the experiences that we want to create or need to create as demanded by people and also what we believe is a good way forward. So for me, that, that's really what it's about. And for me, it's we were still only at the start of what we will see over the next 5, 10, 20, even 30 years. The new advances in things like, you know, artificial intelligence, blockchain, you know, more pervasive connectivity with 5G, Internet of Things, the way that we'll be able to 
easier collect and, and understand our cities and our regions and our communities with uh, data, but, but data collected in a way that's in line with expectations and trust of, of the community that we serve. There's even more advanced things that I read about, like quantum computing and, and different things. So, you know, when, when you start fusing all of this together, which is basically what's happening with everything that was sort of separate pieces of technology are starting to converge and come together to drive, I suppose, new opportunities and hopefully create easier serve or easier to consume services but even from an IT viewpoint the way that we can more easily connect up different systems through APIs and microservices architectures I mean it's really really interesting and and it's certainly I think it's going to become easier to uh, provide the types of services that people are expecting councils are not uh, in competition as such with with other bodies in our respective areas but in a sense we actually are because when people interact with our councils uh, digitally, they're actually comparing us to the way that they interact with companies like Amazon and Apple and Facebook and, and some of those guys in terms of how easy they're able to obtain services, obtain information, and they really are comparing the way that councils provide that information certainly against those type of uh, services and, and products that are available. So. For me, it's just we're still at the very, very sort of early stages of, of what we need to be moving forward. Mm, that's a good point. I think the customer expectations, the community expectations, and then also I think more about the kind of the push to kind of go, well, that's not good enough that you've essentially spent all this money on this clunky system or whatever, when I know I can go and get that at some website, some easy to use widget that you know I just coded over the weekend why are you spending all this money on this thing that doesn't even give me what I need like that type of conversation will become really quite important in the local council space right absolutely I mean that that's exactly what we are in competition with in terms of the frictionless services and the ease of use and the integrated nature of easy to you know access and understand information that's exactly who our competitors are. It's not, it's not good enough, in my opinion, anymore just to have an online service for registering your dogs or paying your rates. But if that's a really clunky and really you know, time-consuming and clunky process, it's not good enough anymore. It's not what people expect. And, and it's certainly a major criticism of governments uh, at all levels uh, who are struggling to be you know fast and flexible in, in providing those services based on some of the aged systems that we need to interact with so these are all our challenges but I think in time we will break those down because we'll be able to bolt on new and easier ways to move different information about and provide that in much better user interfaces and user experience type of interfaces which is exactly what we uh, you know need to do moving forward Mm, and I think it's really important to kind of call out how important and complex a local government, you know, th their role actually is because there's these, you know, expectations, but then also you need to realize that it's, you can't just like get rid of your customers, right? They're always going to be your customers. You can't deselect from the market either. You're always in it, no matter what the market kind of looks like. So it's, it's a challenging position to be in. I think that public service aspect of it sometimes probably doesn't get appreciated enough that it's 
that's this servant for the public. And that means all different levels and different types of people. And, and that diversity is, is so key to delivering these services. Oh, it's a look, it's a massive challenge. That's exactly right, Zoe. And, and I think the secret is that you, you need that multi-channel or omni-channel approach, which, you know, if you, if you read about, you know, it's, it really is as, as a government, you do need to try and provide, you know, what digital natives expect all the way through to what our older residents um, and, and our multicultural residents people with them, you know, who, who speak other languages and, and different things. And the challenge is trying to put in place with finite budgets and finite sort of expertise that a lot of councils have at their disposal, the, the, the right mix of uh, those customer channels, right? So, but, you know, obviously from the digital or smart community development side, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to do in, in certainly in my the council I work for, but definitely pretty much across Australia to really, you know, improve that and get that right moving forward and provide those different channels that people not only expect, but what they ought to be served with as part of them paying their their rates and their taxes. Yeah, absolutely. We've covered the off, you know, why this is important. So let's move on to how do you think that Australia is currently embracing the smart city, smart community concept? Oh, look, you know, there's definitely a lot of interest, a lot of uptake. I would suggest that the vast majority are still at that strategy and level of, okay, well, what does this mean and how should we try and tackle this concept across our, you know, respective city, council or region? We're not, look, quite a number of leading councils, probably a dozen to two dozen councils across the nation are probably moved from strategy more into the start of either pilot deployments or even, you know, start of the start of phased sort of implementations. But in terms of where I see where we are, we, we've made some good steps uh, over recent years, but we really need to keep the momentum going uh, moving forward to try and keep up with, I suppose, what's happening in Asia-Pacific, in North America, certain, you know, especially the larger cities uh, are moving quite rapidly and of course what we're seeing in Europe and the the massive investments from the European Commission that's really driving forward a lot of activity there so good progress I think a lot of people are still trying to understand what is the return on investment some people are trying to look for quick wins it's going to be difficult in my opinion to obtain those those really big ROIs for those quick wins because this is such a long-term sort of transition that we're on the road with that this is going to take 5, 10, 20 years of continued journey, continued and sustained focus uh, to to really drive, I suppose, what some of those longer-term ROIs might, might turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us about some of the projects and things that you're currently working on. Yeah, certainly. Look, so from the Ipswich City Council viewpoint, look, we, we've done a lot of work over the last probably two to three years on putting in place a, a foundation for future success. So we've done a very comprehensive uh, smart city strategy for, for the city. A big part of that, which I think has been a, a really good piece for the enablement portion of it is that we co-developed a platform technology architecture which has been very very important 
to guide and focus our sort of foundation technology investments and a really big focus on the open interoperable nature of what we want to do moving forward in any piece of the city can interconnect and, and, and basically talk with other pieces of the city. So that's a really uh, key piece, which is not easy to do in, in the current environment. We've done a lot of work with connectivity networks um, from NBN to mobile network improvements and investment, especially over urban Ipswich. And obviously, we've, we've done a whole bunch of work, you know, with a couple of the LP WAN networks, LoRaWAN and Sigfox, and we've got a, a fair uh, footprint of that through urban Ipswich now, um, which is ready to sort of go for a level of scale, which we're working on uh, moving forward with. We've done a bunch of IoT precincts, which were more, they were uh, on purpose test precincts to test the technology and the connectivity. Uh, they weren't put in place at that time to necessarily solve any particular problems or issues with those particular precincts. So that was an important piece. We, we understood what truly is open and interoperable and there are a, a number of uh, things that we put into those precincts that we now have discontinued because they don't sort of fit that architecture that uh, I described earlier. How we gather and orchestrate and then disseminate that data is, is, is also very, very important. So we are doing a lot of work now in preparation for uh, creating, the, I suppose, the, the, you know, the first digital twin, 3D digital twin of Ipswich. So that's another important piece that we'll be working on through this current financial year and probably into next. And then I suppose there's a whole bunch of uh, digital services uplift that we want to put in place with our current online services of the City Council, which full also falls under my remit. So we'll, we'll be doing a whole bunch of work in how can we really drive improvements to the user interface and the you know user experience of those uh, current online services, which work, but are, are possibly a, a little bit too clunky or a little bit uh, too time-consuming for our residents and, and businesses to use at the moment. So... Yeah, a lot of things, doing some interesting work with you know, voice assistance and, and, and chatbot assistance as well. So really looking at how we can use AI and ML to drive some portions of that and, and move forward down that phase as a new customer channel. And, and look, you know, pretty much very still in, in the process of working with our various department business areas to, you know, work through the business case of scaling out pretty much smart lighting and, and smart bins in parks and, and various other pieces that sort of make sense from our initial trials to look at how we can scale that across the entire city. So, so yeah, still very much foundational pieces. Um, we, we've got a good, strong foundation already built and we are ready to do a level of scale over the next probably 12, 24, 36 months, but we're still working through trying to optimise the, the value that that will bring for not only our internal operations, but also how we can improve our services to uh, residents and businesses of the city. Awesome. And can you tell us about your role at ASCA? And actually, I'm keen to go back to the start. And can you talk about how or why you thought, I mean, it wasn't ASCA back then, but how you kind of came to develop ASCA into what it is now? 
Yeah, certainly. So as, as you know, Zoe, I've been there from the start. So the original group that the Broadband Today Alliance, which then formed ASCA, uh, sort of came out of was actually back in 2009, um, if you can believe it, so 10 years ago. The Council of Mayors, South East Queensland, so all the large city councils in South East Queensland have a umbrella sort of organisation that, you know, we work together on regional collaboration projects called Council of Mayors uh, SEQ and there was an NBN working group that was started, so a National Broadband Network working group to pretty much understand at that time that the buzz was getting high-speed fixed-line broadband out through the NBN across Australia and it, it generated a lot of excitement about, okay, well, what does this mean? How can we... You know, all the councils want to get it first, you know, that type of thing. Um, and, and I was certainly, you know, one of those who, who was eager to try and work out a way that how, how we could make that happen. So that's how the group started. What happened was is that through circumstance, the, the uh, ComSec couldn't continue to provide secretariat support. So a colleague of mine uh, who was the foundation president of the Broadband Today Alliance and, and then ASCA, which is uh, Michael Warrick, my, my colleague from Sunshine Coast Council, and I basically took the secretariat support of the group over ourselves and then we, through interest, initially through Queensland and then through northern New South Wales, there was a lot of interest about collaboration opportunities. A lot of other councils were wanting to get involved to share information to understand what the opportunities are and and eventually went national. The name was changed to the Broadband Today Alliance because it moved from not just talking about NBN but also about uh, improving mobile network connectivity uh, with you know what was 4G was rolling out at that time. And then eventually it did outgrew that as well because we started more focusing on smart city type of objectives. Internet of Things was starting to emerge driving more holistic digital services and opportunities across our regions was, was becoming a, a really important piece. So that's sort of how ASCA was created uh, in, in a name change from the Broadband Today Alliance in, in 2013. So to sum it up, Zoe, ASCA is the only demand-side uh, industry association working on development of smart cities or smart communities that's funded fully by, you know, local government, local government councils, uh, regions of councils, uh, different levels of government. And we're definitely trying to be an advocate, be a source of information, uh, a source of value, and also in time as we strengthen our capabilities and we'll do more in terms of uh, policy influencing and different things like that. So there is some work that I've been doing under, under the ASCA banner around preparing for 5G and what does that mean for, for councils. And there's a bunch of other areas, including what we can do to streamline procurement and some other bits and pieces. So, you know, there'll be more of that that we want to do moving forward. You know, once we continue to develop a strong board of people who are involved in ASCA and, and really, um, you know, continue to drive through they those value and, and that's those services for our members. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I am also on the board of the directors of ASCA and what I've really enjoyed is just how much passion is in the board and then the volunteers and, and the members of ASCA. Like we do, I mean, majority is, you know, local governments and councils and, and different levels of state government and those other kind of organizations that are set up to support councils as well as the few kind of smaller vendors 
But regardless of where people have kind of like their background is, there's so much passion to really support the community, I guess, in this space, because that's what it's really about. And also the, I guess, the imperative to make sure that we do have the right toolkit and the right resources as well, because it's really important. Like some of this stuff, you know, will affect people's lives. A lot of it will affect people's lives. And we need to make sure that we're skilled up enough or we know who we need to be talking to in this space and, you know, that we're not just drinking the Kool-Aid or we've bought a big vendor, I don't know, system or something and you're locked in for the rest and, and you can't get out of it and it's not giving value like you thought it was going to. So, yeah, there's there's lots in that as well. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this stuff isn't easy. Right? So, I mean, this stuff was easy to uh, implement and roll out and, and interoperate the way that we want to need it to, then there'd be a lot more of these type of things already rolled out. And, you know, so there's a reason why. So, you know, definitely how some of the leading councils uh, are able to use ASCA to share information, share some best practice. And also ASCA has been a very, very useful tool, you know, mechanism for councils just to interact directly with each other. I mean, I consistently talk with member councils interstate, you know, New South Wales, Victoria, Western Australia, South Australia, quite a bit just for advice or just just using the connections that we've been able to establish through ASCA. So, you know, it's a journey. It's something that I'm proud of uh, being a part of, uh, help driving it and, and continue to sort of now and as the president lead it forward. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, still sort of early days and, and certainly there's still a lot of things that I would love to do through ASCA, but the voluntary nature of it and the way that we operate sort of can sometimes inhibit that but it does provide value and that's why we've got the amount of members that we've got across Australia. Mm, Yeah no I agree and I mean it takes time to kind of build these things up and then really be able to I guess you know build the momentum which you know it already has but I guess we just want it to be bigger and better and, and provide even more value than what we're even doing now so it will just continue to grow I think and the other thing is that the amount of people that have reached out to me just because I've been on the board and then I'm able to then through that capacity, because obviously I'm a private uh, consultant in, in my spare time, but through ASCA, then I'm able to provide that support very easily and just, you know, oh, actually I'll connect you with Matt or I'll connect you with someone else in the different council or have you talked to this person and I can provide advice and that type of thing from the ASCA point of view, which is so useful for me as well, because I like that's my core purpose in life, that public servant kind of public servant at heart is what I say. And so it's been invaluable to me to be able to kind of use that as a lever to help councils in that way, uh, which has been great. Yeah, exactly right, Zoe. My, my sentiments exactly uh, for me as well. So onwards and upwards. Excellent. Okay. Well, we've kind of talked about integration and I think ASCA does a great job of integrating, you know, those different disciplines and and governments and industries and that type of thing. So let's move on quickly to emerging trends. So what are the emerging trends you think that people aren't talking about enough? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's probably not so much that they're not talking enough. I mean, we're still trying to understand some of the things I'm going to mention here. So what's on the horizon, the near-term horizon is, is obviously Look, 5G is going to be massive uh, for, you know, the continued development and, and operation of smart cities and smart communities. So 
the different types of channels of connectivity that 5G just as its own single network will provide, not just for quicker and better mobile broadband experiences and, and things like that for consumers and residents, but definitely the opportunities around massive amount of devices connected for IoT is going to be really, really big and also the low latency type of uh, characteristics of 5G when it's fully rolled out and, and I'm not talking about the initial rollouts that we're starting to see now where 4G towers are just being upgraded to 5G. It's more about when we'll start seeing um, more denser deployments into suburban streets with uh, technologies like small cells and, and things like that. So, and again, you know, that, that will provide a lot of, you know, benefits and opportunities, but also just that alone, that deeper architecture of 5G is going to have a, a big impact at a much deeper level across our communities than what we've had in the past with 4G and 3G. So, even that alone is going to have some impacts that we'll need to carefully manage as, as respective uh, councils and, and regions across uh, Australia in partnership with different levels of government and also the carriers and, and other players. So, so yeah, 5G is big. AI is massive in my mind, uh, artificial intelligence, and not necessarily this sort of narrative that you read about, you know, it's going to take over all our jobs. I'm, I'm not really concerned personally about that, especially in the very near horizon anyway. What I'm more interested in is the way that we can start doing things like predictive analytics with algorithms based on all this sort of data that we're starting to collect in real time and you know the, how we can mash that up with all the static data that we've already got. So the real paradigm shift is, yeah, like I just said, moving from static data and how we manage things based on static data with how we merge that with real-time data that we're going to ingest from IoT and, and third-party sources and then and then using algorithms and AI to try and move forward with predicting before things happen based on the data, you know, to try and make those improvements across a whole wide range of areas is really, really interesting and really, really potentially powerful for us moving forward. Blockchain I'm interested in, I'm still in keen to see how that type of technology can actually be easily deployed across you know, a smart city or smart community type of service. So that, that's something that, that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. But yeah, look, it's and but I think what's important it's the fusion of all those different types of technologies all coming together, and I think that's what the the real sort of opportunity is the ways ways and means through APIs and different things that we can more easily integrate and interoperate across different types of technology. I think that's where the real power is moving forward. But yeah, look, those are great types of technologies, but again, we need to deploy them in a way that is very much you know, human-centred. It's to try and serve the people or, or make improvements to services or experiences. So, again, while the technology is uh, interesting, you know, it may not always be the right answer as well as we move forward. But, yeah, so, look, big things are going on, big opportunities, and certainly I, I expect continued development and even new types of technologies probably popping up over the next five to ten years which will be really interesting to see. Well it's been so great to chat with you Matt thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. 
Thank you very much, Zoe, and Nat, thank you for interviewing me today and definitely, um, you know, keen to continue the conversation with both ASCA members or anyone who's interested in discussing anything that I've uh, been talking about further. And you can definitely reach out through the Australian Smart Communities Association. We've got our website. Reach out, look at if you're not currently a member, there might be some value in you know, joining the, the sort of network of members that we've got to try and work on all these things together and then try and you know, develop uh, the right smart community story for Australia as we move forward. Absolutely. And I think you've already answered this, but how can people connect with you? Well, Australian Smart Communities Association website is one way through ASCA, but look on LinkedIn. If you search for my name, you'll find me. And very happy to connect with anyone through LinkedIn. So, yeah, look, you know, just Google me and you'll find me. Excellent. We'll put the links in the show notes. Thanks again for coming onto the podcast. Thanks very much, Zoe. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website, mysmart.community. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community or find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at smartcompod. That's com with two M's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears, so thank you in advance. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for.